For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm not a betting guy, but for y'all that are, there's Bet Online. Bet Online is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline. Your online sportsbook experts. Welcome to another episode of the Believe in Kentucky podcast. Y'all be sure to go to Believe.com. Get this episode anywhere you get your podcast. My name is Vinny Hardy. Be sure to follow Believe in Kentucky on all your social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And we got a great former cat. Try to get some good guests on here all the time. We got a DB that locked him down from 06 to 09 for Big Blue. We're talking about Trevard Lindley. When did his thing for the Eagles as well after leaving UK? Javar, man, appreciate you hopping on the podcast. How you doing? Oh, good. Yourself? Can't complain, man. Can't complain. It's, it's football season. Everybody was waiting all summer for it to finally get here. The Cats have already got three games under their belts now. The seasons, you know, we went from waiting for it to get here to it being a quarter of the way over already. It's crazy how fast it goes. Just going by pretty quick, and I think everybody excited to pretty much have football back and actually be able to tailgate and go to the game. So, all in all, everybody excited to have football back. So, that's good. Yeah, yeah, dude. You get to go check them out from time to time as a fan now, or you go you pop up and watch practices here and there or anything like that? I probably watch like one practice a year, but I'm, I'm enjoying the – I guess the fan look of it, tailgating and having fun outside of this doing football stuff. Yeah, yeah. But as a college athlete. Right, right. Because you were you were on the focus locked in side, and now you get to come and, and kick it and relax yeah. and, and all that stuff now. Yeah, so when we ride to what, ride on the bus to the stadium, see everybody tailgating and doing whatever they what, want to during before the game. They'll just be on the bus like, oh, I wonder what they – doing out there because pretty much none of us really tailgated before until you pretty much get done with playing football. Yeah. So, yeah. That was a, 
now you get to find out. It's a lot of lot of food, a lot of bourbon out there. Okay. That too, a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, cats are three and oh. You got the the victory over ULM and then Missouri and then Chattanooga this past Saturday. What have you, your thoughts of what you've seen so far? Let's go, I guess, to your side of the ball. Let's go defense and, and the DBs first and then talk about some of the rest. Y'all been hearing us talk about Balance 7 on the podcast for several episodes now. Uh, how it can help older athletes, weekend warriors uh, to be able to you know, continue uh, to stay active continue to be balanced as far as pH is concerned. We talked about how uh, Lamar Odom, remember him in the NBA, especially with the Lakers, uh, he's looking to make a return to pro basketball, uh, looking to try out for Pau Gasol's team. He's been taking Balance 7. Uh, Balance 7, what it is, is a pH balancing alkaline supplement drink. It's like vitamins and supplements in liquid form. Uh, All you got to do is take one ounce three times a day and in a week, you'll see the effects. You can see how Balance 7 is beneficial and can help. And right now, if you go to Balance7.com and use the promo code BELIEVE, you get $10 off their 32-ounce bottle. The bottle lasts 11 days, which is the perfect amount of time to fill the pH balancing drink go to work. Again, that's Balance7.com and use the code BELIEVE at checkout. I did. If it worked for Lamar, it can work for you too. I say the DBs look pretty good. I mean, they I guess the receiver they played in early wasn't too good besides Mizzou. So I guess this week that get challenged pretty good and just go out there trying to make plays. Yeah. It's like really a DB. Just don't get beat deep. <laughs> That's it. And they talked about how they're still kind of thin back there. Some of those guys that they got the, the off-field deal with the frat party. Some of those guys are can't play, and that's yeah. there's only three corners right now. Mm. And so, you know, they, they talk about how they're trying to protect those guys you not try to keep them on an the island and try to change it up and mix up the coverages. That's That's got to be rough. You only got three guys to, to, to go a full 60 minutes. Yeah, and I'm not sure if they're young or old, but if they're young, it'll be – just, I guess, go out there and try to play. And I guess the coach probably won't play a lot of men or whatever. So just go out there and try to play and pretty much just next man up. Yeah. So my front of you, next person, regardless, got to still go out there and play. Mm-hmm. They're talking like a lot of, a lot of bend don't break, a lot of soft zone, <laughs> try to try to keep stuff in front of you. And, you know, yeah. maybe you can get so it. Oh, I guess too much man depends on how good the corners can play man or not. So just got to call defense that they're comfortable in and that pretty much helped the defense out. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. so yeah, just kind of, kind of hang in there and, and, and do what you can. And like yeah, you said, <laughs> they don't keep throwing, throwing bums out there. So yeah. Yeah. And I know the, the, the pass rush, they haven't got a lot of sacks yet. If you get those mm-hmm. guys up front, get a little pressure that, that helps you out too, doesn't it? Yeah, as a deep friend of the line, so the D line can get to a quarterback quick or disrupt this pass that uh help the DBs out. Yeah. Make them pass and hopefully somebody can pick it off. Mm-hmm. And that happened uh 
which this Chattanooga game was a little closer than everybody kind of thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, but you you saw just that very thing at the end. They they got some pressure, and mm-hmm. then Asian got the got the pick six, ninety five yeah. yard interception return, and it was the difference in the game. Yeah. So good for him. So D line go out there and keep doing what they're doing, and it'll help the DBs out, especially if they're thin at DB. So. D line got to go out there and play, get some pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Now we've had one SEC game. They played Missouri at home. Uh-huh. First one on the road, uh, and is that South Carolina? So you, I know you, you got memories of, of playing down there in Columbia and then going against those guys. What's that environment going to be like for the for the freshmen and guys that haven't been there before? I guess for me, it's probably my best play to play outside of UK. Could they have a? They have a guy on a mic. They have a DJ in a student section. Like probably one of the top out there who's crazy. So it was my, I think, 07 year. It was raining before before the game. When we got there during pregame, and you got the whole student section out there going wild in the rain. We're looking around like, it's raining out here. What are they doing out here? So their, their stadium and student section gets pretty loud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They play that. For that sandstorm all night, don't they? That... Yeah. <laughs> Chicken or whatever on the during the stand. <laughs> <laughs> rooster. Yeah. So as long as they keep from uh, scoring or getting big plays, they don't have to hear that. Right. Right. But, yeah. Same thing at, at Tennessee with Rocky Top. You keep them from scoring, you don't have to hear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you from Latonia, Georgia, what was it like for you? Uh, had Chris Rodriguez on this podcast a few weeks ago, and he was, you know, a Georgia guy. And he talked about, you know, growing up a Georgia fan, but the school he went to wasn't one of the power schools. They didn't win a lot. And uh-huh. he said when he went there to, on his visit, he could just kind of feel that they weren't really feeling him like he thought they would. And he wasn't really that high on their list. And he was like, okay. So, you know, put the chip on his shoulder and, and kind of moved on. What was that like for you growing up in Georgia? Were you were you all dogs growing up? And what was it like? No, the early 2000s, I liked the Miami team. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, I'll, so I wanted to pretty much go there or Florida State because that's pretty much was them, or, yeah, Florida State or Miami. So I didn't really want to go to Georgia until my senior year. In high school, because that was the home team. Like, yeah, I'm, I think I want to go try to go to Georgia, mm-hmm. but that obviously didn't happen. So, came up here to, up here to Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. When was the first time you like Kentucky got on the radar? Did Did you know more for basketball when you were a kid, or when When was the first time you even kind of thought about Kentucky football? Uh, well, I, well, my junior year, I got different letters from different colleges, and Kentucky sent me a letter. I mean, I never. Don't take the wrong way, but I never really heard of Kentucky football, really. So, at the time, so I was like, uh, I don't really want to go to Kentucky. I'm trying to go to Georgia. So then, my senior year had tore my ACL, the third game, and a lot of schools stopped looking at me. And Kentucky and the other schools pretty much kept wanting me. So it came down to Kentucky, UNC, and Southern Miss. So I was like, well, since Georgia don't want me, and go to Kentucky so I can play Georgia and see what they missed out on. So that's one reason why I pick Kentucky. Yeah. So you end up in a roundabout way, you end up getting that chip on your shoulder against 
your home state of Georgia too. Kind of like kind of like Rodriguez now. So yeah, <laughs> yo, it's just crazy how that how that works out for sure. Yeah. Now, like I mentioned at the beginning, you end up uh, after leaving Kentucky, you played for the Eagles. Nope, no disrespect. I'm mm-hmm. I'm a Cowboys fan, and I know they played this one Monday night. So, but I just, I just had to get that one out there. But what what transition was the harder for you going from high school to the SEC or going from the SEC to the NFL? I'd probably say, I guess from high school to college, because I mean, because high school you usually stay with your parents at their house. Then when you come to college, you're pretty much on your own. And you, I'm me from Georgia, I came to Kentucky, so I pretty much knew nobody. So I guess you learn your way through college and pretty much growing up from high school to college. So you pretty much got to mature and pretty much got to wake up on your own, go to class and whatever. So pretty much everything is on you to go out there and make thing happen. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time in your life is that way. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys, yeah. Got to grow up quick. <laughs> yeah, grow up real quick. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Now, being a DB on in college, who were, I guess, some of your the toughest receivers you went against personally? Which ones gave you the most most of a challenge, or who was the best route runners, or things of that nature? I say, say the best was AJ Green and Julio, mm. and uh, one who I thought what to me had the best route was Chancey Stuckey from when we went to Clemson. Yeah. So I kept trying to press him, but he was look too quick for me. So like, ah, I'm going to play off this guy. So it was like one play, like, come on, come press me. I'm like, ah, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to sit back here and play off, man. So that was a thing that was pretty tough for me to press. Mm-hmm. So did you prefer the, the bigger, taller physical guys or the little quick guys? Or did it, did it not even matter as far as that goes? I'd rather get the taller, bigger guys because they're easier to press. And the little shorter guys, it's usually quicker than you are. So they make it a little difficult to go out there and try to press. Mm-hmm. So like uh, Wondell Robinson, who just transferred back from, from Nebraska, that's, that's that's off to a good start for Kentucky this year. He's a little quick 5'9". He, he would kind of be the, the aggravating, frustrating type to cover. I yeah. Yeah. They go out there and try to press me and do all these moves at the line. Like, come on, my guy, I'm just you're doing too much for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Were you a big talker? You like you said like Stucky was like, come on up and press me. Were you one that like to you like to, to jaw a little bit or just kind of let your game talk? Uh I mean I usually don't talk until somebody say something to me or they I guess catch a ball on me, look at me a little weird, and I'm gonna have to say something, but other than that, I really didn't say too much. Yeah, yeah. You just kinda you just kind of played it how they played it. Yeah. I got you. So, remember we played Georgia and I think it was, it was number one, can't think of his name. But he ran, caught a 10-yard out at, on me, then looked at me to flick the ball to the receipt, I mean, to the ref while looking at me. And that kind of kind of pissed me off a little bit, so I had to say something, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's all fun and games, so they try to start disrespecting Oh, but was his name. Oh yeah, yeah, Muhammad. Yeah. Yeah. That's- <laughs> uh-huh. It's all fun and games, so they try to get, you know. <laughs> you <start>. look cocky. <laughs> exactly. Now you 
the fun part about DB, right? You, I mean, you're playing the, the, the mind game, the, the chess game with the wide out. But you also trying to play games with the quarterback too to make him think he got something when he don't trying to disguise stuff you you got a little two-way cat and mouse game going at the same time as a dv right yeah as far as the, i guess playing off impression but i talked to some quarterbacks who they said that does nothing to them they just look at the safety and if it's too high pretty much his quarters are two what cover two if it's one it's man so because that really didn't do too much with quarterbacks from what they told me. But I guess as far as a receiver, try to play my games with them. Yeah. For pressing or playing off. Mm-hmm. It's that little, you know, he tried this, you try that. You try to mix it up or. Yeah. Or keep so jam him or fake jam him and get back. So they try to mix it up on him. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, always fun stuff. Um, Man, I got it. Can't have you on here without asking about about Coach Coach Brooks, man. Your 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 favorite story, memory, interaction, funny moment, whatever stands out to you the most about Coach Brooks. Because <laughs> we we see him now on Twitter. You know, he's out there living his best life. He's tweeting out, you know, his golf scores. He's tweeting mm-hmm. out stuff from the garden. He's got all those beautiful pictures from out there in Oregon. Uh, you know, I shot an 85 on this course today, but we uh, we know how intense he was when he was coaching. So I know you, I know you got some memories or, or some stories that, that probably you know stood out to y'all. I guess one was we played Louisville in 06, and he was a big superstitious guy, and we Ooh. came out all with all black cleats and all black socks. And we, everybody in their hype, like, oh, yeah, we got black socks, black cleats. And they went up getting blowed out. So he was like, pretty much, that's the end of wearing black cleats and black socks. <laughs> so we went, so we so we just wear like all white or all blue uniforms. Didn't get to like late, I think my senior year, where we started doing a mismatch, the white and blue or the blue and white. So I guess it took him a couple of years to get some trust in us or lose his superstition a little bit so we can wear some different uniforms right right but with black black socks or cleats again yeah yeah who was the you know you talked about the guys you went against during the games who was you know the the the, the most fierce battles with in practice because it was some good good offenses back then in your time in kentucky who'd you love you know it's, it's your teammate but y'all had to go at it and, and it was it was on in practice every day I say my one-on-one battle probably with Keenan Burton. Yeah, but he pretty much got me. It's better from my freshman year to till he left my after my well my sophomore year. So mm-hmm. battle got me better, and we had some we had some pretty good battles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's which you're six foot, right? So you're yeah. You're not the you know back in the day. You're not the five eight five nine Daryl Green type, and mm-hmm. you're not the was it this year they're like six two six three so yeah so, so you so and keenan was what six six one six two was he a little taller than you or y'all about the same uh he about six two so it was he wasn't the water bug a lot of moves at the line he was more your size so i can see i can see y'all having a lot but, of, i mean he has some moves off the line so he does a little they call it foot fire if we go like this he's wait till you to make a move and he'll make a move off you so and we had Stevie Johnson, who 
had the unorthodox release. So he come out like with a basketball stance, his feet wide. So like he crossing over is how he did his releases. So it was a little different. Yeah, yeah. Now, you you know, being a experienced player throughout the SEC, we, we talked about this Chattanooga game this past Saturday mm. where, where Kentucky won, you know, 28-23. And it was a lot closer than everybody thought. But, you know, you you get the win and move on. Everybody, you, you you saw the players talking about, you know, we we know we got to play better than this when we play SEC teams. Uh, it shouldn't have been this close. We were flat. Were there just games that you you all came out as a team and you could just feel that y'all were flat and there just wasn't any juice? Did did you ever experience that? And and how did you how did you handle it? Yeah, I think, I think it was 06 or 07 play Louisiana Monroe, and it was like a high scoring game. I think it was like 40. 43 to 40 or something like that. And I guess we all came out flat, like, oh, we have to go out here and beat them without even playing too hard. So I guess they call them the trap games. We yeah. play a small, but they beat y'all and make you look bad and mess up your whole, somewhat your whole season. Mm-hmm. Played them, they had a running quarterback who was giving us problems. So it looked kind of a little big out there because everybody covered his takeoff running. Mm-hmm. Game a little more interesting than we wanted to yeah and so like you said I, and i know the coaches are like focus on focus on this opponent one day at a time one week at a time they say all those things don't be looking ahead to florida lsu next week we got focus on but even though they say that it's just human nature that we're supposed on to the this team, next. and then then the next thing you know it's the third quarter and it's a dog fight and it's like what's how it's just yeah how, is it so i guess coach pretty much how to get bring everybody back like stop looking till next week or a bye week if it was one and focus on this game and try to win it before you look for next week so just go out there and try to bear down and win the game and hopefully yeah. you win it yeah and then when this team is hanging with you and they shouldn't and now you're like, man, now we gonna we got it's it's hard to kind of turn the switch on when you, you didn't think you would have to, isn't it? Yeah. So I guess by first, second quarter, you're like, eventually we're gonna blow this team out. Then third, fourth quarter, like, we can't blow this team out. They still we stay still in it. So you gotta come back and try to pretty much play harder than you was playing and try to beat them. So when when it's that situation, when it's third or fourth quarter and it's you know, 24, 21. And you're like, man, are the are the coaches losing their mind? Or are the seniors on the team losing their mind? Is it the captains? Who's who's over there trying to keep everybody calm or who's trying to get everybody fired up? What's what's going on on the sidelines? Is it, you know, because people are like, you know, dude, it shouldn't be this close. What's going on? Is it the coaches that are like really getting in you, or is it the players that are like I mean the coach is still gonna get in you because they still want to win the game. You should win a game going against a smaller team. Mm-hmm. Also, the starters, whoever's out there playing, trying to pick each other up on going out there and play harder so we can get this win. Mm-hmm. So everybody trying to come together to get your mind right, go out there and win the game. Yeah, refocus. Yeah. <laughs> but it, you know, it, it just happens. Like you said, it's a, it's a roller coaster. It's you can't yeah. come out and be on ten every game. It's a it's a long season, and sometimes it's just. It just so happens. pretty much down to what they're doing. 
trying to go above them and play harder. So, yeah, that's the hardest thing on playing a team who you should go out there and beat is don't play to their level. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, the NFL, like, you know, back back when the Browns was going 0 and 16 every year, I'm sure, you know, they come in 0 and 12 and playing a team that's, you know, uh, 9 and 3. You probably think you're gonna roll them, and yeah. next thing you know, it's a a tight game because the Browns still trying to get at least one win. Yeah, and you're not you're not even focusing on the playoffs, and and next thing you know, you just overlook them, and it's, it's just yeah. So, I guess I know. I guess they probably had a. I'm sure a couple, well, a lot of close games. So, but obviously they still lost, but. Sure, some of the games they did lose, they still had close games, but doesn't really show on the record. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. NFL, I mean, it's about it's like a close game almost every week, you know, no yeah. matter who's playing. It's a yes, like it's a talent all around NFL, So just, I guess the team with the better strategy and players who are out there working hard, Prem's going to win the game. Yeah. Now you are. Coaching at Bourbon County, like you said, been there for three years. Did you know that you always wanted to coach at some point, or did you kind of get the coaching bug, you know, late in life, or were you like, once I'm done playing, I know I want to coach at some point? No, I had no desire of ever coaching. So, <laughs> <laughs> so my, my first year coaching, I went to my little sister's track meet, and – I guess they had two coaches who were long-distance coaches, and they had – obviously, you had track runners out there. So my mom, like, you should go out there and coach. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not coaching. I do not want to coach. I'm going to stay over here and just watch this track meet. So their coaches came up to me like, I heard you ran track. Well, I guess my mom was talking to me beforehand. Like, I heard you ran track in high school. Like, I mean, I ran track in high school. It's like, do you want to help us come out here and coach next week? I'm like, hell, I looked at my mom like, like, what do you tell this guy? So I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll come out and help y'all coach a little bit. Then been coaching ever since. And my little brother wanted me to coach with him a couple of years ago. It's my wife. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> so he needed a DB coach, and he was a D coordinator. So he kept asking me for a couple of years, like, help him coach. So I'm like, no, nah, I don't really want to coach. So, so since I helped coach my little sister in track, I figured I'd go out there and help my little brother coach football. So, and when I came up here, David said he was eventually going to get a head coaching job somewhere in Kentucky, well, around the Lexington area. Mm-hmm. The coaching job, yeah, gets hired me as a DB coach, and ended up getting a coaching job at Bourbon County and called me like, I got the job. Do you still want to be my DB coach? I'm here like, well, why not? I go ahead and coach. So I've been coaching ever since. So that's David Jones, right? Yeah. Uh, and was it Demorio Ford on that staff too? Was he still on the staff or was he? He was last year. He was a receiver and I think co-OC. Okay. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of UK flavor for yeah. there for Bourbon County. My question is this, you played the position of DB, now you're coaching DBs. Has there has the game changed a lot? Is there new techniques now that you're teaching that you didn't know or is everything still is there a lot of difference or is it still kind of the same? 
Hey, as far as high school, you just try to teach them the basics and pretty much don't look at the quarterback because every high school DB somehow wants to stare at the quarterback while this guy's running around. Hmm. So when I first got there, we had DBs who want to press, but they trying to stare at the quarterback while they're trying to press. Like, you can't do that. There's no way to press this guy and look at the quarterback. So pretty much trying to help them on stop staring at the quarterback and just drive routes and pretty much teach them little details of playing DB is pretty much what I've been trying to do. And that's that's what I wanted too, because you know, you you played at UK, went on to play in the NFL. I just I wonder how much information you can give them because you know a ton, obviously. Mm-hmm. You, I guess you kind of have to figure out how much is too much. Like you said, the basics, how much these kids are able to to handle and then go out and execute without just overloading them, I guess. Yeah, so I guess when I first got there, I used to give them drills we did in college and the NFL. I kept on looking like, this is too much for them. Let's go ahead and try to simplify it for them. So just give them the regular the W drill and uh, back, pedal, back pedal, trying to run, throw the ball to them. So I try to keep it simple with them and try to let them grow to the till they get to that spot and I can turn up the heat on different drills or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess the challenge for me on trying not to overload them with too many drills or information. Just let them start out small and let them build up to it. Yeah. Now, being in Georgia, growing up down there, were you were you a Falcons fan, or did you did you like a different team in the NFL as a kid? No, so my favorite player was Deion Sanders. So every team he went to, I liked him on that team. So <laughs> that was. It. Now, when you when you played high school football, you know you being in the NFL, coaching these kids at Bourbon County, did you have any? You know, pros coaching you guys that had played in the league or played college ball when you were a young DB coming up in high school. Not in high school. Had Steve Brown who played with the Oilers, so he was my coach with UK. So he taught me a lot on I guess different things on how to play DB and the technique and the press and all that. So he helped me at UK. Right. But high school, we just had like regular guys out there who just want to coach yeah yeah <laughs> I, I was trying to i was trying to equate what these kids at bourbon county are getting with a guy like you coaching them so to me you know correct me if i'm wrong this would be like you growing up in latonia georgia coming up as a young db playing high school ball and having Ray Buchanan and Ashley Ambrose on your staff. Would that is that what it's kind of like? Because those are Falcons guys. But something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess when I played DB and the DBs now, they're tech they have way better technique, I think, these days than most high schoolers had back then. Because mm. for us, we just went out there, line up and played. Now I guess the offense are more Yes, more detailed these days with the spread and RPOs, and they doing it in high school. So you have pretty much technique and know your reads. Mm-hmm. Then they go out there and just beat you with because we're more athletic than you. So, so there's a big difference between now and when we play. Well, before I won. 
because the, the offenses are changing. Like you said, all the, the RPO stuff is yeah. in high school, every play just like it is in college. Everybody's running now. So when we was in high school, they play like the eye, eye formation, run downhill, toss, uh, counter. And now they got what fake counter over here, throw the ball to this guy. And I'm like, what's going on? It's a lot of stuff going on. So pretty much how to teach the high schoolers on technique on and the reads. And it's not like uh, we said this before you start recording. It's not like you played forever ago. It's you know, you, it's not like you played fifty years ago. You you know, and this to see it change that much from when you were playing to now offensively is yeah. just kind of crazy to see what high schools are doing now. Yeah, so I'll be watching some high schools. They doing stuff I don't even know like. Kind of like how would I play that in high school? That's that's like over my head. But now you got to teach the kids on pretty much on different offenses and how to play it. So it's eye opener for me on some of the plays the high schools be running. So it's a lot different. As a corner too, like like back in the day, you know, you're running with the receiver. Didn't a lot of a lot of coaches want to say, you know, when he turns back for the ball, you turn back. Uh-huh. Now the receiver will turn and, and DBs won't really turn. They're just kind of looking. And when his arms go up, you kind of put your arm up. That's yeah. a little bit of a change, isn't it? That's from what it used to be. Yeah, that and uh, the back shoulder pass. So back shoulder, yeah, the back shoulder pass. And like when I was at UK going against Keenan, he would do, he would like run, look back and keep running. So when he looked back, you look back and He's right when you look back, he's running down the sideline. So mm. I guess all the receiver got their little just different techniques on how to beat corners these days. How hard is it to not panic when it's you're out there on the island, they're taking a shot. Maybe you're in good position. You probably feel like you're in good shape. How hard is it not to reach and grab onto them too soon or get that PI and, and just play the ball? How hard is it to just be cool and, and make the play without without getting a PI? It's, if you're in a good position, there's no need to panic. But if you're in bad position and you're trying to run to the receiver and he's looking back, and all of a sudden you're in panic mode. So yeah, that part can be pretty bad. You just probably got to practice on it. But still, when you practice on it, the rinse is not still happening in the game. You're still going to panic. So I guess you just got to practice it more. And if you do panic, just try to stay calm and work on your technique and just read through the receiver. Mm-hmm. And as a defensive guy, I mean, the rules, how do, how do you feel about the rules? Seems like you, you can't breathe on nobody. You, you got the targeting. Seems like everything is, is PI anymore. I mean, they, the flags come out. If you, it's, it's kind of, it's gotta be tough for you as a defensive guy to even, make plays now with the way things are in favor of the offense. Yeah, so like if you hit the receiver in his face mask, it's a penalty on you, but the receiver can somehow accidentally hit you in your face mask, it's no penalty. Or the P.I. is is less for the offensive guy to get the P.I. than a D.B., but he can sit there and push you, but the moment you somehow push him back going for the ball, it's a flag. So it's more towards the defense on getting a flag or a PI than offenses. Mm-hmm. 
got to tell you real quick too we got a, a sponsor that sponsored the podcast called lots of range of our lots of rain watches they make watches for uh, men women they got accessories they got the website lotterrain.com you go there you can hit the chat button the owner of the website himself of the company will respond back to you so if you want a you know a gift idea for yourself or for your your better half that just came through go to lotterrain.com get your All right. A watch, uh, L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com, lawterrain.com. Dave and Ben are doing big things. Uh, a lot of former UK players and, and NBA guys have endorsed this company before, and we appreciate them uh, sponsoring the podcast. So maybe you're just tired of looking at your phone. You want to have a, a nice timepiece on your wrist. Maybe you're going somewhere casual. Maybe you're dressing up a little bit. They got whatever kind of watch you need at lawterrain.com. All right, I'm going to have to check them out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And tell them, y'all y'all listening, tell them you heard about them on the Believe in Kentucky podcast, and uh, they can definitely hook you up. One quick thing about your Eagles, man. They got a new coach. They got Jalen Hurts up there, the young rookie, Devontae Smith from Alabama. Uh, they destroyed Atlanta, and then they uh, <laughs> fell to the 49ers the other day. They played the Cowboys Monday night. What kind of season you thinking – it's happening for your for your fly Eagles fly up there in Philly. I think they win the NFC East. Beat them, beat them Cal- oh. so, <laughs> I think they have a good year this year and go to the playoff. Yeah. First year coach, uh getting in, you know, everybody getting used to him and all, but it'd be interesting to to see what to do. Smith already looked good in the first game, too. Yeah, he did. Got out his first touchdown against the Falcons, the home team. Yeah, so, yeah. My, well, my older brother likes the Falcons, so. And a uh, former cat, another DB, another UK DB, Mike Edwards, with two pick sixes against the Falcons. I've seen that. I'm in, like, what, nine, nine years or something like that. So yeah. that's, oh, got they got two picks. Two pick sixes at that, so that's pretty good. <laughs> that's a good day, ain't it? It is. <laughs> well, man, you you had uh, double digit picks at Kentucky. You got uh, some picks in the pros as well. So you were a ball hawk and had a nose for the football. You you did it well in your time, also, and we enjoyed watching you play for the Cats. Uh, cool seeing you coach at Bourbon County. I know, you know Tom Leach, the the voice of the Cats. Went to Bourbon County, so I'm, I'm yeah. sure proud to have you as a coach for a couple of his TV. He was on Bourbon County football field, so yeah, that's yeah. all right. Well, man, it's been a, a blast to to be able to talk to you and chop it up with you. Love to have you on again sometime. Apologize that I was a little bit late. That's that is totally on me, and uh, okay, we'll let that happen again. But cool to be able to meet you and have you on here. Say hello to the missus and hope y'all have a, a good rest of the evening, man. Thanks for hopping on the podcast this evening, Travolta. Oh, thank you. Yeah, have a good night yourself. You too. This has been another episode of Believe in Kentucky. Y'all get it wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, check it out. Um, everybody have a good evening. This has been another episode presented by Bet Online, and we'll see y'all next week.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.